Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 has been officially announced with a release date after images leaked of a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 logo on Monster Energy Drink boxes. It seemed that the title was all but guaranteed as those images continued to be authenticated. And now we have a release date, an official announcement trailer, and I'll be honest... I just don't care. Now, the reason I'm making this video is my experience with Modern Warfare 2 was like falling down greased stairs. And I have very little confidence that Modern Warfare 3 will be any different. And I'm not trying to be a hater. As a longtime fan of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 pulled me back in. And it subsequently spit me right back out the door with all the bad decisions and the fact that the game was clearly not ready. Now, I put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video it's a longer video because it's a live stream so if you like this kind of content make sure you hit the subscribe button and that bell button so you don't miss my live shows so call of duty modern warfare 3 is official and it has a launch date and i just don't care because after everything i went through with modern warfare 2 i'm not really looking forward to this title at all before i actually argue about why i don't care i will say that the first looks at the red logo had me very curious also i have an article from pc gamer that really illuminated how unprecedented this is this is a bit of an awkward timing with the history of the franchise not just because up until now it looked like only DLC would be coming, but in the history of Call of Duty, this is slightly new territory, at least historically. So first, I want to look at the details. They're pretty basic. We have a short video, we have a logo, and we have a release date. Then I want to walk through my experience with Modern Warfare 2. I had high hopes and even high praise for the Modern Warfare 2 campaign, but my experience with Modern Warfare 2 has me looking at Modern Warfare 3 in a very different light, which is why I also want to look at the history of Call of Duty, why this feels strange, what we were hearing about what we should have gotten this year, and also there were internal emails in early 2022 that really has my confidence in Modern Warfare 3 shaken because I don't think they had enough time to truly deliver a full game. Finally, I will conclude why I don't care and leave room for a hopeful outlook. There could be some good that could come from this. I don't want to be purely negative about this, so I will leave room for a silver lining. So what exactly do we know? What are the details? Well, first and foremost, we have the red logo, as you can see here. It's basically the Modern Warfare 2 logo, and they just you know added a dash, and now everything is red. And I'll be honest, it's kind of cool with the transition And with this trailer, I'm sure there's plenty of clues and things that people are trying to deduce and unearth from uh, this trailer. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3's release date is Friday, November the 10th, which obviously begs the question, will there be a big event like last year? According to Deserto.com, leaks have claimed that the Modern Warfare 3 reveal event will take place in-game on Warzone on Thursday, August 17th, so it won't be a long wait before we get to find out more about the new title and what to expect from COD 2023. So, I do not expect a big event, a big to-do with a bunch of content creators like they did with Modern Warfare 2. That doesn't seem to be the plan here. It seems like they're going to be doing something inside of the game, inside of Warzone. The leaks are pointing to August 17th, that's a Thursday. 
they would I I think that's the right choice. I don't know if you would really fly a bunch of people out and do some big reveal for hey, we just did this last year. We're we're doing another one. We're doing Modern Warfare 3. Now, a really good time I think to dominate the marketing funnel is August. So all of this seems very plausible given that they just pushed out the teaser and then doing something inside Warzone would obviously get a lot of press. So now I want to talk about my experience with Modern Warfare 2. First and foremost, I really enjoyed my time with the campaign, the sound design, the voice acting, even the story I thought was all very excellent. My opinion of the campaign dramatically changed, however, when I was going through the campaign a second time for raw recordings for a project that we were working on. So I basically played through the campaign a second time. I had glitches, I had bugs, I had all sorts of problems that everybody was sort of telling me about whenever I played through the game the first time. I got kind of lucky on my first playthrough. And this is sort of related to some of my issues with Modern Warfare 2. Sort of the ground level problems is it was clearly not ready. It was not polished, and from a little of the amount of studio support that it has, the amount of studio support that it has, this was inexcusable. They have so many studios that can help, so many people working on this game. The fact that this game was clearly not ready for launch is embarrassing for support of this size. Now, I'll say the best thing also about Modern Warfare 2, it was the campaign, okay? I'm going to talk about all the other things and all the other reasons that I thought this game was just bad and not ready for launch and very frustrating, but I wanted DLC with Valeria, Alejandro. I thought they were amazing. I thought they were great characters. They were brilliantly voice acted. A lot of people didn't agree with me on the story, but I thought the story was very well done, and I really felt that Valeria was captivating as a villain, and I would love to see more with her character. So, I was, you know, excited about that aspect of the game. I found the voice acting, the writing, you know, the character models. It was almost TV show worthy from from where I sat. Now, that's where my praise ends, okay? There are three things that I want to talk about that greatly harm my confidence in Modern Warfare 3. Those three things are skill-based matchmaking, spec ops, and the DMZ. So first, let's just talk about skill-based matchmaking. So I don't really feel like retreading the skill-based matchmaking ar- argument. I feel like we always get caught in extremes and bad faith takes. People say, well, you just want to beat up on noobs. Everybody thought I was like some pro COD player that just wanted to create montages. Anytime I made a video or a reaction piece of content about skill-based matchmaking, the comments I got were all from people who assumed I was just some hardcore YouTuber who you know wanted to, to, to stomp on people. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty mediocre player i've been playing since the beginning so i'm not terrible but i'm also not some pro you know slapping down triple kds every game okay that that, that's not my experience in call of duty ever i'm usually a one kd and the skill-based matchmaking whiplash as i call it it was so extreme in modern warfare 2 that i simply could not enjoy my time in the multiplayer a decent game where i would manage to pull a 1.0 kd was enough to put me in the sweatiest lobbies where i would barely be able to pull half a kd i would immediately be at the bottom of the board i'd go negative the other team was incredibly hardcore running around high kds and this was always in response to maybe one or two decent games i never went crazy i was never stomping on anybody the constant insistence that i needed to get good i found to be laughable given the presence of skill-based matchmaking helps those who simply can't get good the people who celebrate skill-based matchmaking should maybe take their own 
own advice and get good and you wouldn't need skill-based matchmaking to protect you the other common response i got was we'll go play something else we'll just don't play i'll tell you what that was great advice because that's exactly what i did there are too many games out there right now to play a game that is dead set on giving me a horrible experience i never stomped noobs i don't want to stomp noobs but playing in a light-hearted manner and laughing with my friends and getting a very mediocre 1.0 kd is apparently stomping and in a time where there are so many games available i just simply don't care to give my valuable time to a game that's interested in punishing such meager performance okay so you can debate skill-based matchmaking till the cows come home clearly they have reasons to do it clearly i don't matter as a player i'll talk more about that in a second now the second thing that really frustrated me with modern warfare 2 was spec ops spec ops was this promise of raids and pve content this sort of pve side of the game and i thought okay that'll save me from the trash pile experience that i was having in pvp but much like the campaign it was half baked it was buggy much of it did not work right when it first came out and just like pvp i could not justify giving it my time because it wasn't respecting my time i have always said if you don't respect the player's time don't expect the player's time and spec ops didn't do anything right the first couple of weeks you were supposed to grind it in order to prepare for the raid and there were just certain aspects that were not explained and it just did not seem worth investing in which was a shame because i thought the gameplay was actually quite fun at times i loved the idea of grinding the missions unlocking levels abilities and getting ready for the raid so much like the pvp I quickly walked away from something that was so obviously not worthy of my time. Now, last but not least, the DMZ. Much like every other part of the game, it seemed promising on the outset, but it quickly devolved into choices that made the player base unhappy. Wiping progress after a season was one thing that folks might have gotten used to and forgotten or overlooked, even though the grind was immense, but then operator bundles received pay-to-win criticisms. And for many others, including myself, the death of DMZ took place. It just didn't seem worth diving into anymore even if the dmz would have maintained good quality it would have not been enough to keep me in the game after the bugs in the campaign skill-based matchmaking in pvp and the half-baked launch of spec ops i just could not see the dmz keeping me around not to mention all the criticisms about the raid and its design and its rewards nothing really came out unscathed for modern warfare 2 so In light of that, let's look at the history of Call of Duty and why this feels so strange and unprecedented because we were hearing very different things. If you're thinking that Modern Warfare 3 landing just one year after Modern Warfare 2 is strange, you are not alone. PC Gamer has an article entitled Modern Warfare 3 coming just a year after Modern Warfare 2 has me worried it's going to be an awkward year for Call of Duty. And they sort of lay out why this feels that way it feels sort of out of place for starters they reference everything we heard last year quote the prevailing rumor declared that treyarch's next cod was delayed a year and there would not be a premium call of duty in 2023 now obviously that was not a formal announcement they were internal email leaks now the timeline here i think is worrying in april of 2022 the emails the internal emails basically said we're not going to be doing an annual release okay if you're telling your company internally about a year ago you're not going to do an annual release 
just how good do you think Modern Warfare 3 actually is? This was not something they were planning on doing as little as a year ago, okay? There was more actually leading to this as well. According to PC Gamer, at the time, they say, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported that instead of a full new game, Modern Warfare 2 would receive a second year of live service support. And it honestly seems to make good sense. If you look at how Modern Warfare 2 was set up, it felt like it launched too early. They were going to add on, they were going to expand, they were going to polish. All of that seemed very logical. It's almost like a hub that you install on your console. It's not even that you're necessarily installing Modern Warfare 2. You're installing the Call of Duty HQ if you go back to that main screen. So we thought, oh, they're just going to start adding on to the game in here. And eventually, yes, many of us anticipated like a retread of Black Ops. Okay, not Modern Warfare 3, you know, barely a year later. Even after it was a clear premium Call of Duty was coming, it was still viewed as an expansion. This is another thing that changed. According to PC Gamer, Activision eventually said 2023 would have a premium COD after all, though Schreier claimed COD 2023 would be more like a, quote, paid expansion to Modern Warfare 2 made by Sledgehammer Games. And Schreier even tweeted and said, quote, it's supposed to have lots of content. Maybe that's why they call it a full release, but it's more MW2. So internally, his sources, the people close to the project were saying, oh, no, no, that's that's just more Modern Warfare 2. It's basically a DLC. It's basically some kind of expansion. So it sounds like from the very beginning, they weren't planning on doing this and were getting something repackaged as a full release. And PC Gamer is good to point out why this feels weird. It is somewhat unprecedented. From the article, not since 2007 has a COD gotten a sequel just one year later as Activision Studios have churned out their own distinct takes on the series on a two to three year cycle. If you remember, it like alternated. You went from World at War to MW2 to Black Ops to MW3 to Black Ops 2. Like you went back and forth between those two because you had Infinity Ward and you had Treyarch and they were alternating. This gave them more time to work on the game. It was actually kind of brilliant. They were able to release a Call of Duty every year, but rather than have it on a dev cycle of 12 months, they were able to have these on dev cycles of two to three years. According to the article, Activision has been splitting the work on one game across multiple studios with one studio leading development. So why is Sledgehammer leading Modern Warfare 3 when it's already been Infinity Ward series? And what exactly is Modern Warfare 3? That's the other thing to consider here. Sledgehammer's leading this. This is not Infinity Ward's project. So that would make sense if you were building content within Modern Warfare 2. You'd bring in Sledgehammer to build something sort of within the ecosystem, the ethos, and the tone of MW2. So MW3 does look like a continuation of that. If you just look at some of the imagery, it says, oh, well, this is a continuation of that story. When you look at the post credit scene in MW2, that's likely what we're headed into. So we have different development lead. That could mean they've had maybe more time to work on it. That could be good news. If Sledgehammer has had more time to work on this than just 12 months. But again, remember, in April of 2022, they were not planning on an annual release. That's a very short amount of time that this has likely been worked on. And PC Gamer expects the full treatment. They said, I expect Activision's proper reveal. It will sell Modern Warfare 3 like any other COD series. 
sequel, a campaign, multiplayer, maybe some co-op, and Warzone tie-ins. And given how, listen, in my mind, Modern Warfare 2 felt very much not ready for primetime, it would be natural to question just how much will this game add, just how much will Modern Warfare 3 add to the franchise. I think PC Gamer actually has a good theory. They say the following. I think we should be ready for Modern Warfare 3 to feel more like a stopgap. It's absolutely possible the newest thing about Modern Warfare 3 will be its campaign, while its multiplayer suite will resemble the second year of MW2 that Schreier reported last year. This sounds very likely to how this shakes out, with the Call of Duty MW2 install feeling more like a hub, and MW3 will just sort of install itself within that hub. You add a campaign, maybe some new modes, maps, you know, update, oops, sorry about that, update some other elements like Spec Ops, and this leads to why I don't care, okay? First, while I'm saying that I don't care, I cannot help but admit I will likely play the campaign. As much as I found the second playthrough frustrating in MW2, the good elements were still there. And the post-credits teaser, I think, demands any longtime fan of Call of Duty to see what happens next. But that's quite literally the only aspect that I would be interested in. I can't see them ever walking back skill-based matchmaking. Like, that's... I don't think that's ever going to get walked back. That's always going to be an ever-present problem for people like me who are not at the high end of skill and I'm not at the low end of skill. When you're in the middle, skill-based matchmaking is basically nothing but whiplash. Because... I think, as far as I can tell, it's just been around for too long. A huge portion of the player base must benefit from SBMM. As someone who has played shooters since Goldeneye and Wolfenstein, sort of the granddaddies of shooters in our modern era, I've played COD also since the very first release on PC. Being able to regularly hit a 1.0 KD must put me in a category that Call of Duty is just happy to lose. Basically meaning I'm likely the minority. Hardcore COD fans are probably prone to just continue playing as data suggests. COD players basically only play COD. We got a lot of good information out of the FTC hearing with Microsoft. And they basically found like that's all they do. Like most COD players, that's it. That's all they play. And they likely don't care. They'll just keep pressing on. And I see the player pool of that audience likely falling into either you're terrible at the game or this is all you play so you're quite good those of us that are more in the mid-level i think are in the minority those of us that play more casually and can throw up decent stats really bad players and really hardcore players are enough to keep things going is essentially what i'm saying more than likely there is a business impetus for sbmm to keep the ocean of bad players happy safe and spending money. But I also have zero confidence in their ability to execute on PvE content like Spec Ops and Raids. So if I look at Modern Warfare 3 and think, okay, I'm interested in the campaign, PvP, no, miss me with that, skill-based matchmaking is annoying, I still don't even think the PvE aspects, I don't have any confidence in it. Spec Ops was not ready, Raids just didn't seem like they were that popular or that interesting. Now, If it's vastly improved, if it's updated and worth checking out, I will gladly change my tune. But given how quickly this DLC has turned into a full release, I won't hold my breath. This is likely just a super easy day one sales grab, and my gut is that it just won't be ready. We will be very, it'll be very rough around the edges, just like Modern Warfare 2. But I did tell you that I was going to give you a hopeful outlook about this. 
there is the possibility that this game has been in development longer than Modern Warfare 2 was. It could be benefiting from everything they sort of learned in MW2. I'm always in favor of ongoing games bettering themselves, improving, putting things back on course. But given the franchise's history lately with both MW2 and Warzone, my confidence in this possibility is thin. Because one of the dangers with Call of Duty is it's almost too big to fail. It was reported recently that even as poorly as COD Vanguard was received, it was still the best-selling game in the U.S. for that year. It made a ton of money, even though it was viewed as like one of the worst Call of Duties in history. And believe me, Activision knows the strength of Call of Duty. Bobby Kotick was so confident in Call of Duty as a franchise, he basically bullied Microsoft into a better revenue share. This came out from the FTC and Microsoft hearings. So, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 feels inevitable, but it also feels very likely to stumble. And for now, we wait for the likely and impending event where they reveal more. While I maintain that I don't care, like everyone else, I'm going to tune in and hope for the best. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. Call of Duty seems untouchable, and it's able to sort of always move sales numbers, it's able to always move headlines. Call of Duty Vanguard is proof of that. But I can't help but look at this in a very different light. To go from internally planning no more annual releases to a potential DLC to a full release isn't just strange, it's worrying. The no more annual releases was reported in April of 2022 based on internal emails that were sent at that time. In just one year's time, we've already changed course. So just how good do you think Modern Warfare 3 will be? Second, my lack of care for MW3 is largely based on MW2, and it's because they finally pulled me back in. I had no interest in Call of Duty. Around Black Ops 3, I just walked away from the game entirely. I dabbled a little bit in Warzone Plunder just for for some fun on a Friday night, but I had not been in Call of Duty in a committed way in a very long time. Many of us felt that MW2 was sort of the return to former glory, and instead, it was more like a half-baked pie with bad filling. My conclusion is this. I don't like doing a show that is this negative, but after the way MW2 was handled, I felt this was warranted, especially when you consider the timeline and the likelihood that this game will not be any more ready than Modern Warfare 2 was. Sadly, after it's all said and done, the commercial success of MW3 is likely very strong. However, early impressions seem to be this is just full-priced DLC, so the audience may in fact reject this. Call of Duty has learned lessons in the past when they ignore their audience or do things a little bit too quickly. Much like the rest of you, though, I will watch how this plays out and I will hope for the best. But given that this is Call of Duty, hoping for the best is probably a foolish thing to do. And that is the show open, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure and go through your morning ritual. Make sure you smash that like button we appreciate you so so much doing all of the things every single day it helps out the video i covered call of duty modern warfare 2 quite a bit whenever it first came out and it was extremely easy to walk away from given all of the problems so guys hit the like button let's get to 200 likes there's plenty of you here to get us to 200 likes call of duty has not gotten a lot of coverage from me since then we had some really really big days and big times back then covering the reveal events however 
it did not go the way that I wanted. I actually thought we were dead set on getting a, you know, a really good PVE offering with spec ops and raids. And let's get that member goal going. Alex kicks the day off right away. As soon as I pull up the goal on screen, he does the first five. Thank you so much for doing that. If you guys want that hilarious Beat Saber stream where I have to dress up like Jar Jar Binks, you're going to have to push hard these remaining weeks in August. And DK Beggar is going to jump on top and gift one, taking us to six. Every 25, I gift five, and mine are included in that total. So I did help you guys hit that on Friday, and we did resolve the issue we were having with the VR. I got a little light that basically fixes the issue we were having. What is COD? (laughs) Call of Duty. Uh, I loved Bad Company. Flying them choppers through the jungle was awesome. Slickness says, Battlefield games are way better. I always looked at COD like the kid shooter. Grown-ups played Battlefield. And now, Battle Royale games, small close quarter maps are boring. You miss a single gifted during the opening. Okay, let me go to fan funding and thank whoever that was. Outsider gifted a member during the show open. Thank you for doing that, Outsider. That bumps the number to seven. Get a little gifted train out of your system, guys. Hit 25 really fast, and then we can get back to the discussion. Alex with the $5 Super Chat says, It's Call of Duty, and for those reasons, I'm out. First-person shooter in small close quarters maps. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would disagree that the the nature of small-style arena shooters have kind of fallen by the wayside, right? That's being dumb, just FYI. I expect nothing less from YouTube. Uh, we are at 3,350 members, by the way. You guys maintained really, really strong over the weekend. We hit 3,500. Now the goal is... 4,000. COD hasn't appealed to me since Black Ops 2, says Drewfus, and I don't think MW3 will change that. The formula for COD, to me, has always gotten stale, and what has been offering lately hasn't been compelling. Joker Quinn bumps a line with a gifted member. Thank you so much for doing that. Little gifted train happening right now, guys. Everybody hop on. If you do one at a time, we could hit a huge number today. There's over 550 people here. Do you think Microsoft has anything to do with this? No, I do not think this has anything to do with Microsoft, with the Activision deal. I don't. I don't think they have their hand in this at all. What it feels like to me is somebody looked at whatever Sledgehammer was doing and said, I think that's big enough to sell at full price. If you if you want like just like my quick... 30,000 foot, you know, guess as to what's going on. McD09 keeps the gifted train going. I love a single gifted member train. Thank you so much moving us to nine. If, if you, like, I think the most likely theory is that somebody internally looked at the size and scope of what Sledgehammer was building for MW2 and said, that's big enough to sell as a premium release. If we sell that as DLC, you know, 40 bucks, you could bump that price up, you know, add a couple more missions and that's a full that's a full campaign. I don't know how long Sledgehammer's been working on it. The fact that it's Sledgehammer and not Infinity Ward is I think pretty telling. Didn't something similar happen with God of War? It was very different with God of War. God of War sketched out story DLC they were considering doing and said 
if we do this, this is going to end up being too large for DLC. It was purely like a sketch, and it was years before the game released. April of last year, internal emails, they were like, we're not doing annual Call of Duty anymore. So, a year ago, this was not the plan. So, I don't know if that means they had Sledgehammer slated for DLC and said, hey, make sure that DLC's popping, make sure it's really good, make sure people, you know, are going to be able to put a lot of time into it, and then the more that it was developed, and the more they tested it, and the more they looked at it, they were like, oh, we, we could sell this as a full release. Xerox is 14 months, and it's a VIP, boom, another month, time does fly, welcome back in, Xerox. It's odd, though, pushing a release a year early out prior to the deer deal finalizing. There's a couple of things that's weird about it. It's like, I, I, and this is where I think you have to know this was likely DLC. They were clearly planning on just expanding on MW2. They weren't going to immediately jump to like Black Ops because a lot of people thought, oh, you just did MW2. Now it's Black Ops turn for, you know, a, a, a reboot, right? You rebooted Modern Warfare 2. Outsider gives five members. He says, guys, the train's slowing down, so I'm going to swing a little bit harder. And he gives five, bumping us to Fort members already thank you so much outsider if you guys get a membership you can get into the members only discord and watch my daily members only debrief at the end of the day hey Derek got one good to see my brother snagging a membership why do they want to stop the annual releases in the first place I have no idea in my mind I think I think you, you know you know if you're if you're trying to sort of extrapolate strategy from emails it seemed as though they were trying to give the t- the games more time to cook that's that's how it seemed like if you go and you look at the, sort of the the shift in strategy it was like well we want this to be an always online sort of game where we're sort of adding to it as time goes on so then your big releases would have more time it was clear that the money was stemming primarily from the live service aspect Alex jumps on the member train and says guys keep the five bombs going he drops a five bomb and bumps the line to 19 thank you so much Alex God of War 2018 had a lot more after story missions to complete Ragnarok only had two small after campaign missions yeah but that's not necessarily what we were talking about though Senos83 says, It was apparently killing the teams pushing the games out on an annual schedule. You only have to look at how many studios work on a single title just to get it out the door. Right. I don't find the this started as DLC offensive in any way. What matters is the final product that was delivered. Uh, If it's a full game, it's a full game. I think there's a giant difference between writing on a piece of paper Mitch! My man Mitch coming back in, rounds us out to 20 thank you so much for doing that Mitch with a gifted member I think there's a big difference between sketching, oh I see what you're doing Mitch, Mitch with the 5 bomb he sets up his own layup, you love to see it, thank you Mitch, one of my favorite names to scream, this guy goes crazy with gifteds last month alone Mitch was in the top running. Well, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't last month. It was the month prior. The month prior, Mitch was in the top running. Actually, I'm sorry. In June, Mitch was the number one gifted 
person. He gifted more than Rissick. He beat out Rissick of all people. Rissick had 231. In June, Mitch had 251. I got my wires crossed. Sorry about that, Mitch. Greg says, so not sure if you saw the member chat, but Warzone and Call of Duty have been introducing Makarov for a while. Explains why Warzone was supposed to be the big update this year. And it also brought back Graves from the campaign to work with us on fighting him and whatever the group was Makarov was a part of. I think calling it a DLC or shallow release is going to be accurate. Crazy that this is how they are delivering story beats and content now. Alex is going to be the agent of chaos, and he bumps the line to 26. We're on our way to have a big day. We got some big boys in chat, man. You guys better watch out. Been a little busy. Love you, Lono. Thank you, Mitch. There's some big There's some big boys in chat. You guys better watch out. Keep setting up those layups. Keep tenthing them. They like to drop the big 20s and the 10s. Yo, what's good, Sven? I'm actually agreeing with you, Lono. God of War 2018 had much more than enough content. Applying uh, added would have been too much. Right, back to what I was saying. I think there's a significant difference between sketching out something on paper and saying, this is going to be too large for DLC. This feels very different. Now, it could be the same decision, fundamentally. Right? Fundamentally, this could be the exact same decision. They start looking at what Sledgehammer's building, and they say, that's too big to be a DLC. Charging 20 or $30 for that feels incredibly stupid. That looks like a full release. I'll leave room for that, okay? I'll leave room for the fact that Sledgehammer, you know, was able to pull something crazy off here. I don't think that's the case, but I mean, I'll leave room for it. Noberto with 27 months in a VIP. Love seeing these numbers, homie. Looking forward to the embargo lift for your review. Yeah, my Atlas Fallen review embargo lifts tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. So I already got all the raw gameplay sent over to Creature. I will record my full script this evening. And I I set it up. He should be able to put it together uh, very, very well. I, I think I had 17 different videos of gameplay. I put them in order. I labeled them. It's gonna I we're gonna really try I'm gonna really try and give you guys a good picture of that game. F the cat over there on King, uh, I'm on King over there on Kick says it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. People still gonna dish out seventy uh, just for the name, just like Starfield. The ABK deal is hyping it. Sounds like a little bit of greed, says King's Iron Fist. Yeah, for sure. If you guys regularly enjoy watching over there on Kick, consider becoming a follower. Consider becoming a subscriber on Kick. The split over there is amazing. We primarily focus on growing the members on YouTube, but if that's your preferred platform, we appreciate you supporting me over there as well. Zubair says, of course there is a possibility that it's just a DLC worth of content and it's been stretched out to get $70. Weezy says, wait, you actually work? And isn't just creature puppeting you? What the F? <laughs> I do. I do. I actually do a pretty good amount of work, Weezy. I know it's hard to believe. Modern Warfare 3 Makarov reveal trailer. They're following COD M- M- Canon. Wait, did they just release this today? When did this release? Oh, no. This premieres in 23 hours. So tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern, there will be a Modern Warfare 3 Makarov reveal trailer. Okay? Makarov reveal trailer. And there's already like 400 people waiting. We're probably going to get a lot of people off of that video. Um, I wonder what that video looks like incognito. 
Because on my login, I see my video off to the right. On Incognito, are we there? Let me see. Ah, blast. We're not. That would have been amazing. (laughs) That would have been amazing. So yeah, they have a premiere tomorrow for Makarov. And uh, Greg is saying they're following Call of Duty Mobile canon. His arm is a prosthetic in this preview pick. And he lost it in Call of Duty Mobile seasonal story. So they seem to be unifying the, uh, the, it seems like they're sort of unifying the lore in the world then, if that's how they're going to do it. I won't buy another Sledgehammer game or Infinity Ward Call of Duty game uh, by doing nothing to stop cheats. They show they have uh, just concern for the money in their pockets, no consideration for the larger community. Another COD talk for Lono. I don't know if I'm going to do a COD talk tomorrow for Makarov. I don't know if that's going to be the right call. We'll see what sort of fleshes out in the news. I'm seeing some things worth talking about that's not that. Von Raz says, I don't understand why people are unhappy about the release of RD. Oh, Red Dead. Well, because it's not it's not an update. Everybody kept hearing rumors of a remake and a remaster. And that's why people are irritated. Um, oh, you don't understand why people are happy now, oh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I don't know why they're, 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 they're celebrating it. It doesn't seem to make any sense. If you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, why I don't care. I largely base my argument out of my frustrations and disappointment with Modern Warfare 2. I am not a Call of Duty content creator, but I've been playing Call of Duty since the very first release on PC. I kind of walked away from the game around Black Ops 3, and then Modern Warfare 2 brought me back, and I was very excited, but the skill-based matchmaking made multiplayer impossible to have a good time. I'm a mediocre player. I can pull one KDs, okay? And that's it. And that was enough to trigger skill-based matchmaking on a pretty regular basis. Spec Ops and Raids looked promising, then they weren't really ready. DMZ was pretty fun for a little while, but then, you know, they were doing the operators. They got accused of pay to win. There just wasn't a lot about MW2 that seemed ready for primetime. So can't share sub-milestones here? Yeah, it's weird, Sven. It'll, like, do it for you when you're not even over here. That's what's really strange. Minch Tree. Now, that's a name I recognize. A long time member there. 23 months in a VIP. Which is bigger cash grab? MW3 or Red Dead Redemption? I mean, putting Red Dead on the Switch, I mean, you can call it a cash grab. If it runs okay, I don't really care. It's, it's the fact that we were all waiting for a remake. That's what's irritating about it. If you want to bring your game to Switch, go for it. I don't care about that. Um, let's see here. That's on Sony. How can they be expected to foresee? Checks notes. Plugging in USB devices. <laughs> right. I personally think Red Dead is take two money grab, not a Rockstar one. Yeah, that's not really the subject today. Uh, I didn't really feel like covering that. It felt like a big time non-news story. To me... MW3's timing is also strange because traditionally, if you were going to do another annual release this year, you would pivot away from Modern Warfare. You would do like Black Ops. Now, listen, I'll be honest with you. As much as I walked away from Call of Duty, as much as I found myself not enjoying Call of Duty, if they sort of resuscitated and did a soft reboot with Black Ops man, I would be there. I really, really would. I remember enjoying the story in the first Black Ops. I feel like that's the most memorable story outside of 
trying to think. I feel like I remember that story more than even MW2. I remember MW2's multiplayer the most, okay? I remember MW2, Noob Tube, you know, people running that stupid army of one. That, that Oh my gosh, the stuff, in, the stuff in MW2. As soon as somebody would get a chopper gunner, you knew the nuke was coming. You know, that MW2 was iconic as multiplayer. But I feel like from a story perspective, Black Ops 1 is the most memorable story, at least to me. So if they did a soft reboot, resuscitated, and brought back Black Ops, I would definitely be interested in at least playing the story. That's why the timing here seems a little strange as well. It's like, well, you just did MW2. You guys almost always alternated, and you're dropping MW3 literally 12 months later. Uh, Ghost getting killed at the end of MW2 was so shocking. Wait. Ghost? What? Are you talking about the original? You're talking about the original. I'm thinking of the new one. I was like, wait, that didn't happen. Black Ops was a great campaign. Black Ops series was really fun. Black Ops always had me feeling kind of torn. Because I loved the Black Ops 1 story... But then the multiplayer was always a disaster. I thought MW2 and MW3's multiplayer was much better. Black Ops 1 and 2 had weird stuff with lag compensation. Their skill-based matchmaking was far more noticeable. I didn't really notice it at all in MW2 and 3. But in Black Ops 1 and 2, it was very, very much like, oh, you've won a couple games, and then everything would kind of turn topsy-turvy. All of a sudden, we'd be playing a team of, of, I'm not kidding you, this only happened in Black Ops 1 and 2. We'd get a winner, we'd get one or two wins, and then we'd be playing guys that were from China and it, or, or, or Japan. And it was very clear we were region mismatched. It was like, th- their names, they weren't speaking English, everybody was lagging. It was like, oh, come on. That happened more in Black Ops 1 and 2. We never had that experience in Modern Warfare 2. We're talking about MW22 here. <laughs> MW2.5, right? Ted says, Lono, we need AAA games going back to 15 hours with a charge of 50 bucks. Time and cost is too risky and we are punished with remakes. I paid 50 bucks in 86 on box art for my Master System. Uh, on, the, on the subject of price... On the subject of price, I don't think we can go back to $50. I think, you know, according to inflation, video games have remained resolute. If you look at the inflation cost of, you know, albums of music, if you look at the inflation cost of movies, I remember movies, you'd be able to go buy a brand new movie on DVD for between $10 and $15. Now, minimum day one purchase of a movie when it launches is, you know, $20 to $29. They've almost doubled in price. The, 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 the cost associated with most forms of entertainment has continued to rise. Video games have honestly gone down, if you think about it. Traditionally speaking, when I went to the store and I bought Nintendo games for 60 or $70, I was spending about 100 to $120 according to inflation. So it was actually more expensive to buy games back then, and they were much shorter. A lot of the games you bought back then, you would beat them in a weekend. Okay, Imagine doing that now. Imagine buying a game for about 100 to $120 and it lasting you know, 8 to 10 hours. And that's, I mean, it. You're done with it in a weekend. Very linear, very straight forward. So, you know, what Eugene is saying, I think, is something that we really need to remember is that the, the move to $70 is the first price increase in 15 years. I would actually say it's the first price increase in more than that. Because... 
I would say 20 years. I remember buying games for $60. 60 was very common. It was either 50 or 60, 50 or 60, 50 or 60, and then 60 became the standard price. If you're counting that as like one of the first price hikes, I don't that didn't even feel like a price hike, right? Eight months from Big Evil. Thank you so much for renewing your membership. I think if you add back movement that people want the game will do well regardless to other problems. I'm not sure what you mean by add add back movement that people want. What's the movement that people are asking for? We are uh, probably on a runner somewhere. We're having a bit of a boost in viewership. If you found this video on YouTube's gaming page or a live page or something, and you've never been here before, I'd love to hear what you have to say. You can, you can hit subscribe, and you can immediately talk in my chat. And subscribing is totally free. So hit subscribe, talk in my chat. What do you think about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 announcements? Um, we're hearing here from Charlie Intel. It will feature MW2 2009 multiplayer maps, red dots on the minimap, reload cancel returns, slide cancel returns, ninja returns as a perk, perks will be gear, war mode will return, outbreak zombie mode. All of these things are people uh, complained about being removed in MW2. Did you guys hear that? That This sounds to me... Let me, I'll pull up the Charlie Intel tweet for you. Give me a moment here. This sounds to me like they're using Modern Warfare 3 to essentially right the ship that Modern Warfare 2 went wrong with. Because listen, I readily know and admit that a lot of the hardcore players had way more problems with MW2 than I did, okay? You can see here, let me switch my cap card. You can see here from Charlie Intel, he's saying, so far the rumors about MW3, it'll feature MW2 2009 multiplayer maps, red dots on the mini-map, reload cancel returns, slide cancel returns, ninja returns as a perk, because, you know, not like how it is now, right? A lot of people didn't like that. Perks will be gear and war mode will return outbreak zombies mode. So again, these are rumors. This is all unconfirmed. Uh, this is all unconfirmed. And to me, I that sounds if that it, let's just say it's true for the sake of discussion. That sounds that like they're using Modern Warfare 3 to answer and put things right that went wrong in Modern Warfare 2. Like, all of the things that went wrong, all the things that people didn't like about, you know, actual fundamental decision-making, I would think that... Here's, here's, here's the interesting thing. That almost sounds like you're selling... You're selling a patch. <laughs> I'm not saying they're selling a patch, but it kind of sounds like they're selling a patch. Right. In, in, in my mind, it's, you know, this guy says making a video about a game you don't care about, but will still be the biggest game of the year by a mile. Imagine wasting time like that. You think because it's going to be Microsoft owned now that will stop them from being a top game every year. Now, all of a sudden, no, whoever's saying this on Twitter is just another mindless tribalist. I literally argued in the show open that the game will be a commercial success likely no matter what, and I referenced Call of Duty Vanguard, even as poorly received as Call of Duty Vanguard was, it was the top-selling game in the U.S. for that year. I know it's difficult to actually watch content and to listen to information when 
you're you have two brain cells that you spark together to just enough to like tweet but i didn't i didn't at all indicate that this game would not be a success in, in fact i indicated quite the opposite lono why do you hate america right black ops black ops is the best series all the things i like rest in pepper says eugene uh effing black ops ruined cod Black Ops is the best series. Treyarch's the best devs. No, no, no. The Call of Duty community traditionally has not thought that, okay? That isn't true. Infinity Ward were the kings. Nobody thought Treyarch was the best. The only people who thought Black Ops were the best are people that could suddenly put together montages in Black Ops 2. And the reason that you could suddenly put together montages in Black Ops 2 after being a total noob in all of the other Call of Duty games is because of skill-based matchmaking and lag compensation. Okay? Black Ops 2, there was this explosion of people who were suddenly very good at the game. They were suddenly putting together montages. And yet, in all of the previous Call of Duties, they were terrible. Gee, I wonder what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Aggressive lag compensation and skill-based matchmaking. That's what happened. 100% Treyarch are the best developers for Call of Duty. Are you absolutely insane? Come on! This isn't even up for debate. Infinity Ward made Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. You can't at all... No! Treyarch are not the best devs. Absolutely not true. No! Infinity Ward's the king! Listen, the reason that Titanfall's so good is because the guys from Infinity Ward went off and made it after they were mistreated. Yo, what's good, Feed? People forget that the current Infinity Ward is not the OG Infinity Ward. Those went on to form Respawn and made Titanfall an Apex. Yeah, some of y'all better put some respect in your mouth for Infinity Ward back then. I don't care about Infinity Ward now. Treyarch back then versus Infinity Ward, it was no contest. Not a contest at all. Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 kicked the crap out of Black Ops 1 and 2. It wasn't even a debate back then. Poll it. I'm not polling a bunch of people who think differently now. Get out of here, Treyarch all day. Let me I I dollars to donuts. All of the people defending Treyarch, I guarantee that your stats had a big uptick in Black Ops 2 compared to all of the other games. And that's why you think that. I would I would put money on the table. Every single person that's like, no, 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 dude, Black Ops 2, Treyarch, yeah, your stats were probably really, really down here. And then all of a sudden, Black Ops 2 comes out and whoop, you're able to get kills and wins that you were not able to get previously. It's so suspect. It's 100% suspect. Get out of here. I could go for dollars. I could go for donuts. Wired Rope says, Infinity Ward before the heads were fired. Treyarch was purely for zombies. Yeah, until there was the shakeup at Infinity Ward and they went off to start respawn and do Titanfall, Infinity Ward was the best. You're nuts if you think otherwise. 
I've been playing Call of Duty since the first one on PC. Some of y'all are young bloods that got in late and you think you know something. Let me tell you, you don't. You do not know. <laughs> you don't know Call of Duty if you think that. I guarantee you, you're a late bloomer young blood. You came to COD late if you think Treyarch's the best. You didn't play the OGs. You didn't cut your teeth on the first COD. There's literally no way that's true. I can't think of a single longtime COD fan that actually thinks that back then. Black Ops rolled in, and every longtime fan were like, This is freaking terrible. It was awful. Me too, pal. Treyarch games are better. Ugh. This is a fun debate, by the way. I just can't believe people think that. I cannot believe people think that. I've been playing since 2007. Treyarch all day. Goodness. Ugh. What's going on, though? I know your Atlas Fallen review is coming, but can you say if you enjoyed the game? I can't I, I can't risk saying anything, cowboy. It's it's under embargo. If I give it a thumbs up, down, if I shake my hand, if I shrug my shoulders, if I say anything like that, then that could be viewed as me giving you input before the embargo. So I can't give you even a temperature gauge. My 2.0 KD was hard to keep up with because of skill-based matchmaking. You're constantly facing good players. Treyarch was responsible for Call of Duty 3, Black Ops 3, Black Ops 4, Cold War was trash, Vanguard was a travesty, even though that was mainly Sledgehammer. Yeah, listen, I liked World at War, but man, I the Black Ops was just so bad. Trust me, look at anyone in the COD community, people love Treyarch. Come on, when did, okay, okay, who made Ghosts? Was that the turning point? Because Infinity Ward was doing just fine. And then they lost their heads and everything went to crap. Anime with four months and a VIP. Unpopular opinion. I've always thought MW2 was an overrated game. I average a 3.0 KD across all CODs. I've been playing COD since COD 2. WW2 for the win. Man said WW2. What? Black Ops 2 got a lot of love. Black Ops 2 held the record for most played for a while. It was a late starter though. It wasn't it wasn't in the early days. It was it was like a it was a really weird it was a lifetime thing. Black Ops 2 had something weird going on. I'm convinced it was all of the nonsense they did with skill-based matchmaking and and lag compensation. Everybody wanted to go play it because they could actually get better stats. The turning point was advanced warfare, horrible. Infinity War did ghosts. Yeah, see, Call of Duty Ghost was the beginning of... See, I guarantee you this narrative got traction with Call of Duty Ghost because everybody hated ghosts. You know, Medal of Honor was the real OG. I'm going to give you an OG called Soldier of Fortune. You want to talk about an OG? Soldier Soldier of Fortune way back then. That one was really fun. That game had great handling. The guns felt so good in Soldier of Fortune. I quit after Ghost. Late to the stream, but I'll catch up. What's good? Titanfall 1 did actually flop, though. Those servers were a graveyard after a month. Another example of Xbox fans always lying with the games they hype. They dropped it quickly. You aren't being fair to Titanfall. The the Titanfall slander will not stand. Titanfall was mistreated by their own launch date. Both times. Both times they put that game into a position where it wasn't going to stand against the big boys. It simply wasn't possible. 
you will never convince me that Titanfall 1 was not 10 times the game all other shooters were back then. I would put Titanfall 1 beta up against every shooter back then. Every shooter. No contest. Not no shot. Titanfall 1's beta was better than every shooter back then. It wasn't even a contest. It was more stable. It was it was crisp. It was one of the best shooters you could play back then. You're nuts. Just because the game didn't last because there were other monster titles coming out. And then Titanfall 2. Have you ever looked into what they did with Titanfall 2? They set it up to go head-to-head against Call of Duty. It was sandwiched in between like Battlefield and Call of Duty. They murdered our boy. Titanfall 2 could have had a moment. And they murdered it. Get out of here. But it flopped. You can... No, it did not flop. You can't say that those games flopped when they were not given a chance to even thrive or flourish. They were fantastic games. You'll never you will never convince any anybody who understands what makes a good shooter will never agree with you. They'll always be like, "No, Titanfall 1 was one of the best shooters ever made." Like, and Titanfall 2 was murdered by Delusions of Grandeur. It didn't just, it did, it did not, it did not deserve what it got. Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer have not made a decent Call of Duty since Black Ops 2, Ghost, Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, MW 2019, Vanguard, and MW 2 were all trash. The last three are the worst because of cheaters. A flop is a flop? No. No, I. if you go back and look at Titanfall 1, calling it a flop, I think is absolutely overstated. It was a brand new title. Lone Wolf with 10 months. 10 months, 2 more to a full year also. I played all the CODs up to Black Ops 4. Black Ops 1 and 2 are the best in my opinion. OG Modern Warfare games were still great though, just not as good as Black Ops for me. You see what I said? It was the clearest display of hubris. Respawn had been on record saying they wanted the date close to COD. They wanted to go head-to-head against COD. I, it was, I thought it was EA that did it. I thought EA said that that was their plan from publishing and marketing. I didn't think it was Respawn that wanted to do that. Respawn honestly thought they could go toe-to-toe with Call of Duty? Y'all overlooking these campaigns, man. It hurts my heart. I mean, I said earlier the most memorable campaign for me is Black Ops 1. Guys, we are at the one hour mark on the stream. Smash that like button. There's over 600 people here. We should easily have 400 likes. If you've not smashed that thumbs up, do it. It's free. If you've not hit subscribe, go ahead and do that. We have daily conversations like this. Variety Gaming News coverage. Just yesterday, we covered what we think might end up being Game of the Year, saying that Baldur's Gate 3 just made it harder. I have an upload coming later today. We'll do it as a premiere. I'll take you with me and we can watch it all together and then I discuss it with members the premiere today is about a potential new Xbox coming it's unbelievable it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard but that's coming today so don't forget don't forget make sure you hit subscribe make sure you hit like help us hit these big goals as well we're pushing for a very very big 4,000 member goal this month and every little gifted helps uh, Wheezy says here, that wasn't EA's doing. Respawn picked the launch date of Titanfall 2 and insisted on it. That's some guy's tweet. Who is that? 
Schreier saying, I don't know what his source is, but I've heard the same thing from a higher up at Respawn. So Schreier's corroborating that. Wheezy, I thought we had an earnings call where EA was the one that made that decision. Now again, we could be getting the second half of the story, right? We could be getting the second half of the story where Respawn said, let's take on Call of Duty and EA is simply relaying that strategy on an earnings call. I swore there was an earnings call where we were like, what the frick? Why would you do that to Titanfall 2? And everybody everybody looked at EA as to blame. What rings do you have on your right hand? I have a drive shaft ring from Lost that my wife got me. Uh, it's my favorite show, and I love Charlie's Redemption arc. And she gave this to me on, my aniver- on our anniversary. And then this is a really, really old one that I got in Mexico City like 23 years ago. EA never throws studios under the bus. Do you think Sony or Bungie have 10 years to build the ultimate COD competitor? I mean, I don't know if there is... Is YouTube acting up? Guys, can we get 300 likes? What's going on today? If you guys are having trouble, test out the like button. Something's not right. There's no way I just called for likes and got four people to do it. That's not ever happened before in the history of YouTube. Um... Make sure that you've done that, and if you, if if it got if your like got undone, make sure it's it you redo it. YouTube's acting a little squirrely today. I know someone who worked at EA during Titanfall Two. He said that Respawn were very rebellious and hated EA. It's why they left Activision. It wouldn't surprise me if they chose to release date just to tick off EA. I mean, they are pretty rebellious. I remember watching. I remember reading the the interview about how. Apex Legends came to be. Apex Legends was basically them just being like, no, nah, we're going to do this instead. Hopefully they like it, right? I had to reboot YouTube twice. YouTube's acting funky. Okay, I thought something was going on. I was like, I don't think I've ever been, you know, we were like 15 likes away from 300. I'm like, hey guys, let's get likes. And it just sat there. Well, yeah, it just went up, Mitch, because I asked a second time. I don't know what's going on. Viewership's kind of wild. If you guys are having to refresh... It's not on my end. Give me two seconds to open my office door. It rained yesterday and it brought the temperature down, so it's not warm enough outside. My air conditioning's not kicking on. And my office gets hot when you close the door. Mine did get undone because you said Modern Warfare is better than Black Ops. Because it is. Buzzy says, I'm sorry, even if Respawn picked the date, you're the publisher and you ultimately control it. Tell your dev to F off. We're releasing Battlefield a week later. Uh, We are going to hold you guys till next month or next quarter. Wheezy says, they said they were working on Titanfall 3, but basically changed development to Apex Legends and blindsided EA with it. Yeah, I mean, they took a shot and it paid off, but I think even the shot they took shows how rebellious they are. Like, they just kind of did whatever they, they... They were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're doing this. I mean, I think that does echo some of the sentiment that they're kind of rebellious, like, as as a development team, as leadership. Yo, what's good, Stone Spire? YouTube's being weird this morning. Guys, test out the join button or the gifted member button. Make sure it's still working as well. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, didn't they take some talent along with them? Oh, when they formed Respawn, I believe they did have some people go with them, yes. 
I thought Ghost was great because it was pretty balanced to me and good hit detection. I'd rather take that than any of the futuristic ones that they did. I mean, I remember people really hating Call of Duty Ghosts, but when I played it, the thing I remember the most that was frustrating was map design. Right? Let's see if the post office is okay. Send me some coffee. Oh, let me turn the coffee alert on. If anybody's ordered some coffee, thank you for doing that. I didn't have the coffee order uh, alert turned on. Ryan with 23 months and a VIP. I forgot Lono is 40 plus. Yeah, yeah. I am not a, I'm not a spring chicken. So I've been playing some of these games since they literally came into being. And... I remember map design in Ghost being really annoying. It was extremely easy to flip spawns. Extremely easy. Ink Sanity's testing out the join, uh, the gifted member button. He gifts a member, bumps us to 27. Bump that to 30. There's some big boys in chat. Let's tempt somebody to do a 20 bomb. The biggest problem with Ghosts was the huge maps, and then it released on both new and old gen consoles. Yeah, I remember the maps being really, really weird. I also remember doing Clan Wars in Call of Duty Ghosts, and the maps were so frustrating. If you got the wrong map, it was like, get out of here. It was so irritating. I remember when we were doing Clan Wars, matchmaking was so bad, we would sit and wait and wait and wait. We started having our friends in the clan join the lobby just so the game would start and then they would just back out once the map was loading it's like come on it's like because you're on a timer when you were doing clan wars you were like trying to win so many games in all of the different you know game types yo ghost in the garage gaming's in the house what's good sir same game over and over invasion was okay says f the cat yeah, I remember we were constantly trying to hop from game mode to game mode to game mode to keep our wins up. And yo, Alex drops the 20 bomb preemptively. He says, listen, I don't need an invitation. I'll do it on my own. Taking the total to 47 gifted Members, thank you so much. Helping get us a little bit closer to me looking like a fool. We'll have to get a Jar Jar Bings outfit for this gifted member incentive that we've been doing. You can help us hit the membership goal by not just sitting around waiting for a gifted. Jump in on your own. Click that join button. Test it out. Five bucks. We'll get you the whole month worth. It's great, great value. I do more members content than some YouTubers actually create content. It's a daily member stream and then a Friday night stream as well. He had a decent story made. I personally don't think 7, 8, and 9 are bad. 8 and 7 and 9 are decent. What are you guys talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that. Grady gifts a member. He says, come on, round it out, boys. Let's round it out to 50. Round it out to 50. Arct. Uh, your Ubisoft video a few days ago and you didn't mention X Defiant. Do you think X Defiant can compete with Call of Duty? Which Ubisoft video are you talking about? Oh, the one where are they having their, are they having like a comeback? I don't necessarily know if X Defiant can quote unquote compete with Call of Duty. I think competing with Call of Duty is kind of like I don't. I can't think of a good analogy. Here's the thing: you can certainly pull and glean from Call of Duty. I don't know about 
competing with Call of Duty, right? Like I, I, I don't think you can ever say, "Oh no, we're going to go toe to toe with Call of Duty." Are you sure about that? Like, literally, one of the biggest games in the world. Okay, it's endemic to the gaming ecosystem. Another gifted member from Willie Kale. A nice little slow walk here to fifty. Goes to Grim. Thank you, Willie Kale. Gonna lose those toes. Yeah. Again, I could see X Defiance gleaning from Call of Duty because there's going to be people that are like, this is better. If you want a tight arena shooter, then X Defiant delivers. But you're always going to be going up against a handful of problems. Number one, Call of Duty is, is a leviathan in the industry, in the gaming community. A lot of the stats about Call of Duty players, it's like, it's all they play, okay? The second trend that you're fighting against is the Battle Royale trend. I think arena shooters are always going to struggle to garner a broad audience, if that makes sense. I I think broad audience is tough, because the, the market trend has happened. A massive amount of the player base out there that likes to play shooters have just kind of shrugged off arena shooters. They're like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it, you know. And there's, I actually think there's reasons for this. I think you could probably break this down scientifically and analyze arena shooters and battle royales psychologically. And the impact of arena shooters is very, very repetitious. It's very much a meat grinder. And I just think people get bored very quickly. They get annoyed very quickly. Battle Royales, there is a broader spectrum of potential experience. There's a broader spectrum of potential things to try to do. There's other ways to kind of have your own little personal victories in a Battle Royale, especially with the way Fortnite does it with like achievements and challenges. And I think when you get into an arena shooter... There's, a, there's another element as well, and that is live streaming. If you watch five different people play an arena shooter, it's difficult to really distinguish what's, what's going on. Okay, they're in a hallway, they're peeking, oh, they got a couple kills, oh, they're dead now. Okay, try again. Okay, they went a different way, they flashbang the room, they got a couple kills, okay, they're dead now. Okay, and it's just sort of this static not a whole lot of difference between the gameplay depending on what you know what uh, what channel you land on Grady with the gifted member tops us off at 50 if you guys are having trouble YouTube's been acting very squirrely today I, I am sorry I hate to see viewership go down because of buffering I've had multiple people mentioning it and saying they're having to refresh we uh we were on a tight ship here YouTube for the last three weeks I don't know what they're doing but they're making it really tough on you guys the best thing to do is refresh and maybe lower your quality that tends to help people that are experiencing some of the problems so I I just when you watch a battle royale when you play a battle royale there is so much more that can happen there's so much more that does happen it's just very very different Mitch coming in with the 50 bomb oh Grady lays it up and has no idea that he's laying up a 50 bomb to cap us off 
at 100 members already. Mitch says YouTube may be acting up, but we're not. We are absolutely, as Lido says, let him cook. This guy is bringing it. Lono, you should become a gaming debate channel. Invite other YouTuber guests on to discuss hot topics. Your channel would explode. I mean, I would be open to doing a segment like that on a regular basis. Maybe, you know, once a week, not every day. It's hard to navigate that. DK Baker with the go-ahead Agent of Chaos bumps that 100 to a 101. Thank you so much. And thank you again, Mitch. There's a reason that Mitch hit the highest amount of gifteds in June. The man is generous. If you're getting a gifted membership right now, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you are in our members-only Discord. Make sure you are in there. And you don't want to miss out on the members-only content. We do it every single day, Monday through Friday. We end the day with members and do a debrief. And we also do a Friday night stream with my wife. That's my secret. I'm always buffering. Even though COD sells a lot initially, it has struggled to maintain a consistently high player base months and months after release. Become the destiny of gaming. Lona already did that in the intro. Greg about to dust off his mic. (laughs) I love the idea of having people on to debate me. Sadly, I think a lot of the people just wouldn't do it. There's a lot of people that have already kind of laid that groundwork. Like, yeah, don't do anything with that guy. So, I mean, listen, people... If people want to be scared, let them be scared. I, I, you know, open invitation. I, you know, I've actually wanted to debate and do a show with, um, thank you for another gifted member, Javier Cotto. I would love to debate. Oh no, it's Alex about his position on, um, games should be on every platform every time. I think that would be a really, really fun debate because he is incredibly wrong, (laughs) but I thought it, it could be a really, really fun debate about why, I continue to think that exclusives and timed exclusives are, are going to continue. I also think that they're very good. I think timed exclusives are good for the games. I think they're good for the devs. They're ultimately good for the gamers. So, uh, let me give you guys an update on the member count after that absolutely massive bomb. 3542, already back on the horse and on the way to 3500. Easily, easily going to be able to hit that 4000 stretch goal this month for the Jar Jar Binks stream i'm gonna tell my wife she better get searching once we get to like 4800 i'll tell her to start looking for the outfit i would come back to stream just to have a good debate with you well obviously and i mean this in the nicest way possible if i was going to do something like that it would have to be something that's mutually beneficial if i'm taking the time to schedule outline thumbnail and set aside the time to do a whole show like that it would need to be somebody that makes content that I could potentially they would benefit from being on the show and I would benefit from having them on the show I have to treat it like a business decision I can't just be like like oh well you you just created a YouTube channel yesterday yeah sure like that would not it, come on <laughs> I'm incredibly busy I crank out a ton of content I couldn't do that I couldn't just have on anybody that decided to you know cook up a YouTube channel Yes, I've done shows with Alex. No, Alex has not declined. No, Alex is not scared of a debate. He would he would come on and do a show like that. He, I've already had him on once before. When I had him on once before, we didn't really debate. It was it was pretty it was pretty calm. Most don't want to debate Lono. They would rather try to bash him. Yeah, I mean it's easier to take cheap shots on Twitter and you know 
and and lie about me than to debate me face to face. <laughs> there goes my new YouTube channel, says Zubair. <laughs> um, many Xbox creators have said they would debate you. Ask them. Well, there's a handful of them that I have zero respect for and would never have on my show. So, you know, I I don't if they're if they have if they've continually used Twitter to slander and and harm my business and my credibility. Some of those people I have zero respect for. I would never have them on my show. No, I wouldn't sully my content with them. Like I get nothing from having somebody on that's just like a liar that you know bottom feeds and makes fun of people. I I don't. I wouldn't have anybody like that on my show. Any chance for more J S H content? What is that? Huh? Uh, are you talking about Jedi Survivor? What What is that? What are those letters? Um, didn't realize there was so much drama in the console world. <clears throat> uh, Josh Strife Hayes. Oh, any chance of more Josh Strife Hayes content? I've moved away from reaction content. I I I don't really like doing it. I don't mind watching someone's video and quoting them. I've done that with Force Gaming. I've done that with Gold. I've done that with the Comeback Kids. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really like doing reaction content anymore. I've done it a, a handful of times, not a lot, and I just don't like it. Even now, when I use an article, I try not to just read the article. I try to make like an, a more original piece of content. Because the continued dialogue about reaction content makes me think, I really want my content to stand apart. I don't want anybody to be like, well, that guy just did this or that. It's like, no, no. Number one, I don't react to other people's videos anymore unless that's really called for. It'd have to be a really unique situation if I were to do it. And number two, even when I use somebody's article now, I try to use pieces of it. Or I try to use three or four articles and I kind of bounce between them all. Um... I don't know. The more that conversation sort of brews, the more that kind of conversation, uh, you know, bubbles to the surface about reaction content, I would like my content to be so far above the the nose pickers in the corner that just steal other people's content. So. What's your opinion of Colt Eastwood? He said your name two weeks ago. It was polite. I mean, I have never had any exchanges with him where I felt like he was unkind to me. I did a mass block a while ago and I swept him up in it because he just ran in circles with people that I think have that I think they lack integrity and I think they've attacked me, my character, my brand. They've done it in ways that's not cordial or funny. Um, Alex has reacted to my content and it was cordial, it was funny. He doesn't he doesn't slander me. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like make me look like I don't have credibility. He doesn't attack my brand. Um, so I think there's plenty of people that would be on a segment like that with me. Um, I don't personally have any issue with Colt Eastwood. I feel like his thumbnails at times could use a question mark and they'd be totally fine. You know, that's my own personal opinion. I don't police YouTube, but I think he should just put a question mark on some of his thumbnails so they don't look like declarations of fact, you know? The Xbox Series X2, I felt like that thumbnail looked like an advertisement or a declaration of fact. As soon as you put a question mark on there, it's clearly um, it's clearly theory. We use question marks a lot 
if we feel like I don't want to be even remotely misleading. Uh, I feel like a lot of people on YouTube could do that. I feel like they could start using question marks to just be a little bit more on the up and up with their thumbnails. Um, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I have no desire to police YouTube, but I think it's better for the YouTube ecosystem when people's thumbnails don't look like something that they're not, if that makes sense. Like, this is happening in 2026. It's like, no, it's not. You're theorizing, and that's totally fine. I think theory and predictions and speculation, I think that's great content. I think it needs to be advertised uh, properly uh, with the thumbnail. There was recently a thumbnail that got heat about Xbox buying Larian or something. And in a similar fashion, it was like, just use a just use a question mark just use a question mark and it becomes crystal clear that you're theorizing and you're speculating you're not making a statement so there's different philosophies about thumbnail you do whatever you want to do with your channel i'm never going to tell somebody how to run their channel I am in favor of things that are good for YouTube and good for the ecosystem, and I am not in favor of things that are bad for YouTube and bad for the ecosystem. Breaking trust with the user is bad for the ecosystem. Uh, Reaction content that's not transformative is bad for the ecosystem. So I think there's elements of, you know, things that people do on YouTube that... I'm never going to get like judgmental and self-righteous. I'm just going to say, hey, I don't think that's good for the ecosystem. I don't think that's good for the user and the relationship that we have. Because the more and more people that do it, the more and more people you end up on YouTube that say, oh, I'm not clicking on that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been tricked before. You know, these YouTubers are out here, you know, misleading us. I think you're contributing to break, like breaking trust with users. That's not good for YouTube at large. So... That's my that's my opinion on it. Again, I don't have any personal issue with a lot of those guys. My only issue was with the guys that because of my opinions about Xbox and the Activision deal, they went on a full-blown attack. They they slandered me, they lied about me, they they personally attacked me, their viewers and their audience harassed me, and it's like their lack of integrity, their lack of honesty, their lack of doing the right thing and correcting public record like Alex has done numerous times. Alex is a stand-up guy and has numerous occasions stood up for me and corrected public record. People that refuse to do that kind of thing, I, I just again, I just don't have any respect for you. I'm not going to have you on my my channel. Your title says Activision, but you haven't said Activision one time since I've been here. My title says Activision? You talking about Call of Duty? We're on a slight side issue. I've been streaming for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, yes, today's about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. We're, it's a live talk show, so we're, we're slightly off topic. People, we were having a heated debate about... We were having a heated debate about what Call of Duty was best. There were people saying Treyarch was the best. There were people saying Infinity Ward is the best. There were people saying Black Ops versus Modern Warfare. And because we were having that debate, somebody said, oh, you should do a segment where you have somebody on and you debate. And, you know, that would be for great content. That's how we got on this subject. We were having a very hot debate about Modern Warfare versus Black Ops. Because Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3... In, in some respects, we were talking about the timing. It just seems strange. Historically speaking, we were going back and forth from you know Modern Warfare to Black Ops to Modern Warfare to Black Ops, and now we're going from Modern Warfare to Modern Warfare, right? So, um, 
To me, it depends on the commentary. I think there's good reaction content and there is refuse. There's a difference. I think there's good reaction content. Asmongold. And then there's excrement. And there's a big difference between the two. Right? One is garbage worthy of the toilet. The other is actually good content. So... And it's not hard to see the difference between the two. One is content theft. The other is a brand new piece of content. Channel will not survive on bait and switch. You immediately go to do not recommend this channel. Sure. Killzone's my favorite first person shooter by far. In the realm of first-person shooters, I think Call of Duty is still going to continue to be one of the hardest to compete with. Right? It, I think it's one of the hardest to compete with, not because it's better, but because it's all it's what some people, that's all they play. If you've ever interacted with somebody like this, there are people... Let's 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 get a little let's get a little tangential here, but I think it's related. Look at what's going on with Destiny as a game and as a franchise, okay? I think what you're seeing is years and years and years of people who have only played one game and you're kind of seeing it it crack open on them. It's like you haven't been playing anything else, so their their attitudes, their their frustrations, their anger. It's like if you'd have been playing something else all this time and ba- and you know and bouncing back and forth between you know Destiny and other games, you might not be having this strong of a reaction, okay? So when you interact with those people is when you interact with those people, sometimes it's odd. It's like that's all they play. I think that's like a microcosm of what of what Call of Duty does to people. It's like that's the only thing they play. Look at the stats that came out of the FTC hearing. The the stats about Call of Duty players are incredibly interesting. Like a massive percentage of them that's the only game they play. <laughs> so it's like when you try to compete with Call of Duty the lion's share of the first-person shooter audience has decided that that's really the game that they want to play. That's the only game worth playing. And if you get them to check your game out for even an afternoon or a weekend, you're dealing with so much. You're dealing with preconceived notions about what the game should be like. They're constantly going to compare it to Call of Duty. If it's too much like COD, they'll say it's a COD ripoff. If it's not enough like COD, they'll say it's not any good. It's not like COD, right? So I I think that's one of the challenges. Call of Duty has its hooks in such a large percentage of the shooter market with respect to consumers that you're always going to face that challenge. Well, we made a bunch of things to appeal to COD players. Okay, they're going to be extremely judgmental. They're going to be extremely judgmental. Like, they're either going to say it's too much like COD or it's they're going to judge it against COD. And so if it's too far outside of what Call of Duty does, they're going to say, this is trash, COD does it better. This is trash, I wish they did it like this. 
And really what they're saying is they just would rather play Call of Duty. Does that make sense? When they say this is too much like COD, it's a COD ripoff. This is not, COD does this better. This is not good. You're essentially dealing with somebody who's like, well, all I really want to play is Call of Duty. I think one of the reasons, this is a conversation that's come up many times. People say something like, well, why doesn't PlayStation make a Call of Duty competitor? Well, from business impetus standpoint, that makes no sense because 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty buy it on PlayStation. And PlayStation has their own stats to show trying to sell a competitive shooter to those people would be a fool's errand. They're not going to buy it. They're not going to play it. They play Call of Duty, right? I always pushed back when people would say that, and I would say, why doesn't Xbox make a Call of Duty competitor? They have a stronger motivation to do it because they kind of lost that Call of Duty pull years ago. They have the money to do it. They literally have the money to invest in studios. They could have acquired a bunch of shooter studios and they could have acquired a bunch of shooter talent and said, we're going to make a Call of Duty competitor. Well, Microsoft didn't do it for the same reason that Sony didn't do it. It's a very, very risky investment that will likely result in no good ROI. Now, obviously, Microsoft's taking a very different approach and they're saying, well... I'm just going to, we're just going to buy them. (laughs) We don't need to compete with them if we own them. Right? (laughs) Why, why make it? We can just buy it. Okay. I think that has proven both Sony and Microsoft have inadvertently proven that making a Call of Duty competitor is a bit of a fool's errand. So, but, but that doesn't mean is that no one's going to try to make a game that, as I said about, like, X Defiant, could glean from or pull from Call of Duty. Does that make sense? I don't necessarily think that gleaning from or pulling from Call of Duty is a foolish thing to do, right? You, you have to have a more defined identity I don't think X Defiance necessarily looks like a game that's like oh yeah they're just trying to be a Call of Duty replacement they have their own identity they have their own approach and they stand the the potential I think to to land well right they stand you know in in a good position I think to land well I think they could pull both from the Rainbow Six Siege crowd and the Call of Duty crowd You're always going to deal with saturation problems. We've seen this happen with Battle Royales. You've seen other Battle Royales try to get their footing, and there's so much saturation. You've got people playing Fortnite. You've got people playing PUBG, Call of Duty Warzone. Then you have people playing PUBG Mobile. You have people playing uh, Call of Duty Mobile. You have people playing Fortnite on mobile. Like Apex is abandoning mobile. Apex Legends has been successful, but even they didn't last in mobile and I don't I don't actually know if we've gotten any any um, any insight as to what happened there I don't know if we've gotten any insight into what's happened there for a company to abandon mobile is that's in, that's actually quite interesting I made that comment earlier even the creators of cod couldn't beat cod right with Titanfall 
You just described my one buddy to a T. He bought a PS5 just to load COD faster than other people. He has only played three games in 10 years, and he mostly plays Call of Duty. I don't have anything against people like that. Like, once you know what you like, and that's what you want to do with your time, you know, I don't think there's a, I don't think necessarily think there's an issue with that. Like, I'm never going to judge somebody for that. Now, I'm always going to tell people, like, hey, you know, hey, you know, expand your horizons, you know? <laughs> Expand your horizons. There's yeah, there's there's other games to play. You know, Outsider says, guys, we haven't bumped the gifted member line in a while, and he gives it a little tap to 103. I tell you what, there's a couple other big boys that have strolled in today. Bump this to 105. Come on, let's tempt these guys. Let's tempt them. There's some big dogs in the chat. We're 50 away from getting back to 3,500. That'd be a real nice place to land. You guys are gunning. You guys are gunning for 4,000, so like each day, get a little bit closer. Uh, Apex player base will skyrocket with the new update today. Apex isn't to be slept on. I don't think Apex is to be slept on, but for whatever reason, they abandoned mobile. Like, why? Somehow COD Mobile gets way cooler guns than regular COD. I don't know. For as many studios that work on COD, they make such a paltry amount of actual content. Pigroach says, when Halo and Battlefield fumbled in 2015 and COD ran away with the casuals. Outsider says, we need Jar Jar. (laughs) He's calling on you guys. Come on, we need Jar Jar. You're always going to have your career players for different genres, says Tremolo. Social media has done a good job of showing uh, off the variety of the market, though. I think that's well stated, Tremolo, that you're always going to have career players. But I think the challenge is, so there are people who are career players of single player games. If it's a single player game and it's got a good narrative, they're in, they're going to buy it. I'm kind of that way. Like if it's good action adventure, if it's story driven, if it's third person, if it's got cool combat, like I'm kind of there, right? There are people who, if a brand new puzzle game comes out, they're there. They're going to be playing it, right? The, the, the Talos Principle, Portal, you know, um, the most recent one, Viewfinder. If you liked Viewfinder, you should 100% check out the Entropy Center. If you like Portal and you haven't played Entropy Center, you're, you're asleep at the wheel. But in those genres, you're generally going to move from game to game to game to game, if that makes sense. The difficulty with shooters is career shooter players sort of morphed into career Call of Duty players. They're like, that's just what I play. All the other shooters just don't feel as good. And I think that's where anybody making a shooter has to consider that reality, that you're you're making a game in a genre that for some people... The genre is synonymous with Call of Duty. For them, it's one and the same. What do you play? Oh, I play first-person shooters. Oh, yeah, what games? And they're like, well, Call of Duty. What about all the others? Well, yeah, I just basically play Call of Duty. Like, for them, it's, it's, it's the genre and the game are almost like one and the same. A lot of other genres aren't necessarily like that. Yo, what's good, Train? I saw your comment uh, uh, yesterday. I was glad to see you're still around, man. Good to see you. Not like still around like you 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 had 
passed away, like, I know you're busy. <laughs> Glad to see you're still around. Glad to see you, you, you're making it. Yo, train with 29 months and is a VIP. Glad to be here. Keep it going, Lono. Thank you, sir. Nobody has movement down like Call of Duty. Well, I actually think Call of Duty nailed a handful of things the last couple of years that makes it even harder to beat them. I thought the guns felt great in Modern Warfare 2. I thought they did. I thought they felt very good. I thought the movement felt great in Modern Warfare 2. And that's where you gotta land. The minute you play a first-person shooter that feels clunky, that feels slow, something, you know, hit detection, this, that, or the third, the minute that you get into that scenario and it doesn't feel right, everybody's just going to go back to COD. Xbox Series X digital. What is going on? Yeah, I'm having an issue. Are you guys seeing that? I wonder, is it my browser? Is it because I'm scheduling a stream? Is it both cameras? Yeah, it's both cameras. Hmm. Let me check. Memory, CPU, GPU, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary at all on Task Manager. You're right. You just look at your wave of your hands. You guys weren't seeing stutters? You weren't seeing stutters or anything? Smooth here? Okay, that's just purely cosmetic and OBS then. Ignore me. Ignore me. Sometimes uh, OBS doesn't like it whenever I'm doing something in Chrome. So it could be purely just a cosmetic thing on the preview window. You look normal. Okay, cool. All of a sudden I noticed, I was like, man, I'm stuttering like a mother. I was like, what is going on over there? Um, No worries, chat. No worries. Must have just been like a a weird... The preview window in... um. The preview window in OBS sometimes acts a little goofy. No, no Windows update. I disabled that this morning. Okay, cool. Well, if it's smooth, then we got nothing to worry about. Yo, what's good, Team Ambush? How are you? Corey says, The thing about multiplayer games in general is that in order to be good, you absolutely must play that game a lot. It becomes all-encompassing to the point where you cannot really play much else. I think it's gone away. Yeah, I think it was literally scheduling in Chrome that did it. Carlos, with four months, please shout out Carlos. Thanks. Why am I shouting out Carlos? Why, why are you making me do that? What, what is, is that a gamer tag? Is that a YouTuber? That's not really something that I do. I don't like endorse uh, someone's content or promote their gamer tag. Um, it's not really a thing that I do. Uh, so I'm not sure what you're asking me to do. Unless you're just saying, hey, I like the content, give me a shout-out, which that's exactly what happens when you do uh, a re-up. Um. <laughs> that's exactly what we have when you do a re-up. I, I shout you out. I say, hey, thanks for renewing your membership, uh, buddy. YouTube, that's him. Well, why would I shout-out your YouTube? I don't, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your content. I don't know what you do. Didn't Goldeneye just make a remake? They did a remake. It is on the Xbox. I have played it. It's actually quite good. It's actually quite good. It's a nice flash 
uh, it's a nice flash in the or like a what, what do I want to say it's it, you know it's a nice retread my daughter was playing it she liked it quite a bit that's part of the secret sauce though says Tremolo if devs can make the gameplay Luke loop and match and matching right even if I'm not very good it entices me to spend more time playing which should be the goal I kind of feel that same way about multiplayer. Destiny started to feel like a job. Well, and that's one of the reasons that Modern Warfare 2 burned me so bad almost immediately. Bro, I'm not trying to get good at Call of Duty. I'm a 1.0 KD player. That's it. That's my ceiling, bro. That's that's me. I'm, I'm not going to ascend to the heights of these sweatband wearing G fuel snorting play every day dudes that are absolutely sliding around corners and snap aiming and dusting me. I'm not, I'm not going to get there. Why? I don't care to. And real talk. I'm too old, bro. I'm too old. I'm 42. I ain't, I ain't playing that at that level. I could commit a year to trying to play at that level. And I won't. I'm working against too much. I'm working against years of muscle memory. I, you know, I, I'm not a sharp player. I've never been a sharp player. I've always been sort of a sloppy, aggressive player. That's just how I play. I'm working against that. I'm working against the fact that I'm like twice the age of the players that are that are smoking me. Right, the guys that are in their late teens, early twenties. I'm not. No way, bro. I'm, it's it's not worth it for me to try to get good. Number one, I, I won't. I won't ascend over that threshold. I just simply won't. Number two, I don't really want to or care to. And number three, that's not why I play video games. I think I've got no motivation at all to do that. It's I don't like your game that much. I don't. I don't like your game that much. There's other games to play, bro. If all I have to do is have a decent game. When I when I would debate skill-based matchmaking with guys, and they would always say the same thing. It's like you just want to stomp noobs. Oh, you're totally okay with stomping other people, but when it happens to you, you don't like it. And it's like what? Huh? I don't stomp on anybody. A a decent game where I play like a person with reasonable awareness and aim and I get a 1.0 KD that I'm not stomping on anybody I'm getting a kill equal to the number of times that I die if you think that's stomping then maybe you should play something else <laughs> like if in your mind me getting a 1.0 KD is stopping. I think you're the one that should play something else. Like, you're playing the wrong game, not me. It's like, I, I, would, I would literally go, I would do two games roughly. It always took about two games, sometimes three. 1.0, 1.0, maybe I'd break out and get like a 1.5. You know, maybe I'd have a pretty good game. And then the very next game... Everybody on the other team is just absolutely stomping me into the dust and I get like a dot five. 
like I said, it's like skill-based matchmaking whiplash. And people always respond in the same way. Like, you just need to get good. Sounds like a skill issue. You just need to get good. Sounds like a skill issue. You, you, you want to stomp, but you don't want to get stomped. And it's like, who are you talking to? My KD was a 3.0 and I was still not enjoying it. Oh, I can't imagine. If you get up into the higher, the higher, uh, echelons of, of KD, no way. Lono's a camper? Oh, I'm not a camper at all. I'm super aggressive, running around, I can't sit still. That's kind of the point. I think Warzone has taken the casual player out of Call of Duty, and all that's really left in the arena multiplayer games is the sweatiest players hoping for a 2.0. You know, I never considered that, Corey. I never considered that the casuals had vacated to, 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 to Battle Royale. You misunderstood. Stomping stomping others means you have a higher KD than others. It makes you look like a good player. Yeah, but that's just such an overstatement. Dude, 1.0. 1.0 is not at all. That, that is... 1.0 is not stomping. <laughs> Where are my ADHD gamers at? Skill-based matchmaking ruins playing with friends. Oh, yeah, I didn't even talk about that. You can't even play with your buddies. If they're better than you, forget it. It's a it's a horrible experience. Winning isn't stomping. Right. I've always found COD just have that whiplash. Overall, you'll still be around a 1.0 KD, but that will dip and rise match to match. It's rough at times. 1.0 is a bad game for me. Yeah, 1.0 is not getting you on a team. You're not putting what do you imagine putting together a montage and being like, "Yo boys, according to all the debates about skill-based matchmaking, a 1.0 is stomping. I got a killer game for you today. As you can see, I'm coming around corners, I'm getting a kill, and then I die. All right, I'm playing a little bit here, little grenade there. Okay, I got another kill, another kill. All right, I'm dead. All right, back at it. And then literally 10 minutes later, as you can see, guys, just an absolute stomp fest banger. I got 15 kills and I died 14 times. Unbelievable. I hope you enjoyed this new stomp fest video because this apparently is stomping according to the new generation of pillow soft gamers who can't at all have anybody better than them in the game and now after this tour de force of a 1.0 KD I'm now going to get matched against guys with 3 and 5's I can't wait I should start putting those types of videos together 1.0 is stomping oh my gosh Like it's goodness gracious the most mediocre gameplay let me put that together in a video here I am stomping guys at a, at a 1.0. Here I come, FaZe. Get the frick out of here. 1.0 is when you should strive to say you're at average level. Overall, though, if you maintain 1.0, you're likely better than most COD players. That's what it is, Gilly. That's what it is. I concluded that at the end of my monologue. I said, I said, listen... There's clearly a business impetus to keep skill-based matchmaking around. Do you want to know what it is? I'm the minority. 
I'm that middle of the pack 1.0, and they're like, nah, there's not enough of you. We've got hardcore players, and they fall in two camps. Barely able to shoot a stationary object, and sweatheads. They're the majority of the player base. And they're not going anywhere. These guys over here are drooling on themselves. They they barely get a couple of kills a a game. We got to protect them. These guys over here, they're bunny hopping, sliding, slide canceling, ammo canceling, renew canceling, Netflix canceling. They're canceling everything. They're canceling you. They've got a three and a five KD. You don't matter. Like that's what it communicates to me. It's like you keep this in the game. It gives me whiplash. You don't know what to do with me. And I just walk away. But the people that it's there to protect, there's got to be just an absolute monsoon. There's a monsoon of these players. There has to be. Why else would you keep it? There's no other reason to keep it. The only reason to keep it is you're you're protecting. You're protecting the lion's share. That's what you're doing. Netflix canceling was good, wasn't it? <laughs> That was good. That was good. That was a good riff. <laughs> They're canceling you. Mm. <laughs> I think that's why they need skill-based matchmaking. There isn't anyone in the middle. Yeah, I think those of us in the middle, I just don't think we I don't think we count for enough. And I'll tell you why. All of the people that aren't in the middle but can consistently pull like a 2.0, 3.0, I think they're basically me seven or ten years ago and they committed. I didn't do that. I drifted from the game. They committed. They stayed in. They got really good at the game. And so they're like, nah, this is my game now. I've been playing the game for over ten years. And they're just good and fast and they adapt and they they throw down strong KD now the rest are me with like their feet propped just they don't care bro they're happy to be in a video game with guns and if they get 5 kills that game they don't care if they died 20 times they just do not care they don't care i think those two camps are basically the call of duty audience and then i walk in the game and i'm like hey i i play this game you know moderately well i'm i'm not a champion i'm not a potato i'll put up a one 1.0 kd and they're like we don't know what to do with you you're too good to hang out down here at the potato farm and the only people we really have to match you with are these guys over here and these guys over here are sweating they're 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 absolutely snorting G fuel right off the table and they got they got montages uh, of shroud right next to them they watch those in between games bro right they're doing finger push-ups to, to make sure they're faster than you this is all we have for you there's no one else in the player pool to match you against and I'm like great there's nowhere for me to go then it's either it's either 
Because what ends up happening is I get put against those guys and I do terrible for a couple of matches and then I go right back down to the potato farm. And now all of a sudden I get like 10 kills with a blindfold on and the video game's like, oh, you you got good again all of a sudden. Okay. And then they throw me back up into the sweat lodge. I, tr- I truly think that's why... I just, every single time I come back to a game like Call of Duty and the skill-based matchmaking is on, it's like, we don't have anywhere for you, bro. You're either, like, career hardcore get-good sweatband wearer, or you're just the potato with your feet propped. Like, there's no in-between anymore. We've begged for the removal of skill-based matchmaking from all games for years at that point, so there has to be financial incentive to keep them in. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Play five games and suffer just to have one good game. Right. Alone on my dad owns Xbox. I'm just a player, better player. Get good. I can't wait for you to get your coffee, Paris. <laughs> Always has been. Yeah, I, I honestly think they crunch the numbers. They know the impact better than we do. And when I quit the game, I think they conclude that that's acceptable. Think about it from this perspective. The guy is crunching the numbers and the data for Call of Duty. People leaving the game and quitting the game is inevitable. No way around it. No way around it. So what they're going to say is, how, how do we minimize Exodus? And they have likely, over the years, they have ample data to say, skill-based matchmaking keeps the maximum amount of players in the game because the people that are really bad they're going to quit a whole lot sooner if they can't get those five kills a game they don't care that their KD's trash but they need to be able to get five kills a game and if we don't put in skill based matchmaking mediocre players like Lono are going to make it harder for that guy to get his five kills He's going to get two to three kills a game, which will increase the likelihood that he quits. But if we shuffle players like that out of his games, Mr. Potato Head here is more likely to get his five kills a game, which increases the likelihood that he continues playing, which increases the likelihood that he spends money. It's, I'm telling you, it's pure data breakdown is all it is. And I'm, I'm a factor in that guy quitting with my 1.0 KD. It's why when they get on skill-based matchmaking videos and they defend it, they tell me that I like stomping, but I don't like being stomped. Why? Because they see my 1.0 KD and they see that typically at the top of a leaderboard and they think, yeah, you're stomping. You're running the lobby. They're self-reporting, basically. They exist in, in in a potato player funnel, which guess what's at the top of the leaderboard in the potato funnel? A bunch of 1.0s. And so they see 1.0 and they're like, yeah, you're stomping. You're running the lobby. And it's like, what? But that's God in their hemisphere. In their hemisphere, a 1.0 is God. Polarin with a gifted member. Thank you, Polarin. Come on, just one more. Come on, somebody bump the line just by one. Come on, tempt these guys. Put that 105 to 125, man. They can't resist. How much do you think the general populace cheating affects lack of a middle ground? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think cheating's playing a role. I don't know how much of a role it's playing. It's indirectly probably affecting skill-based matchmaking because cheating likely indirectly has caused the mid to exodus. Because if you get cheated against and you're a more mid lane player, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to cheat to 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 to, re, um, to retaliate. I'm just going to go play something else. I love trolling skill-based matchmaking by playing badly to get at the bottom and then destroy people just to have fun. Well, yeah, you can obviously exploit it a little bit. I don't find the arena shooter engaging anymore, says Infinite. The only shooter I enjoy at the moment is Apex. I contest it's the best feeling battle royale. The legend's abilities always make engagements tactical. I doubt it's financial incentive. Players that buy COD are casuals. So by putting them off, they lose money. But they're not putting them off. Skill-based matchmaking helps keep them in the game, which increases the likelihood that they spend money. You'll hear about DICE going back to the drawing board for their new Battlefield game. Good luck, man. They broke a lot of trust. They broke a lot of trust. A ton of streamers are cheaters. Oh, yeah. There's there's an epidemic of soft cheating in in the streamer world, in the pro world, in the pro scene. I don't know if we'll ever get the I don't know if we'll ever get it, the the lid blown off on it, but yeah. The high-level content creation scene there's there's a ton. There's a ton of soft cheating going on. I think Bungie had a study done on skill-based matchmaking by some behavior therapist, and they determined that keeping the win rate around 50% was the sweet spot for them to keep players engaged and playing. Right, and what Deadly Dad Gaming is pointing out, that's the wall that you're always fighting against. Raw V's done it. Come on, that's the layup. Everybody hold. 105. Shh, shh, shh. See if any of the big monster... Gifters take the bait. 105 to 125. <laughs> like a nature show. The average player is a dot nine. That means there's a ton of people worse than that. Right. Yep, that's exactly right. There's a monsoon of people below 1KD. Yep. So the middle suffers because we're the smallest group. We're the smallest group. Like, I'm right at the at the breaking point. It's like... Here's all of the really bad players below 1KD. Here's all of the good good to excellent players above 1KD. You're in the middle. You are the teeniest slice. And what Deadly Dad Gaming pointed out, that getting everyone to a 50% win rate, like that's the sweet spot for uh, ongoing engagement, okay? That's obviously a philosophy about how to maximize player engagement, which is then therefore related to maximizing revenue and profit. Because if if you know, if we push this button, player base numbers will have a downward trajectory. If we keep this in place, player base numbers will, will stabilize. In both of those models, one leads to a higher likelihood of money where the player base stabilizing player base downward trends and exodus is 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 a threat to you making money and that's why they do it and you might look at it and say well that's really manipulative you're you're sort of rigging the deck 
to insist upon a 50% win ratio. You know, if you went to a if you went to a a casino and someone recorded the data somehow and they said this blackjack this blackjack table has a 50% win ratio. It's perfect. It's 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 eerily perfect. Well, one might conclude that the dealer is rigging the deck to get that sort of an outcome. You know, this there's no way. It stands against all mathematical probability that there would be a table that for months and months and months and months has a 50% win ratio. House wins, person wins. House wins, person wins. So... In that scenario, you would say, well, the, the, the dealer is rigging the deck in some way. So you might look at these game companies and say, well, you're rigging the deck. You're manipulating the outcome to get your desired result. And they would likely say, in a very corporate way, they would say, well, yeah, of course we are. Of course we are. We're, we're in the business to make money. And a method of making money is we have to maintain the player base. And a method of maintaining the player base is maintaining player morale. And if there's one quick way to damage player morale, it's a losing streak. The average person ain't going to lose eight games in a row and sign up for more. They're just not going to. And you have tons of players that left to their own devices, no skill-based matchmaking, they would lose eight games in a row. They would. It's a social experiment if you think about it. It's essentially a social experiment of what will people put up with? How many losses? How many wins? How many good and bad experiences can a person have while still continuing to want to come back to said game? So really what we're watching and what we're what we're observing when we look at games like Call of Duty and Destiny, Warzone, you know, these battle royales, and we're debating skill-based matchmaking, we're essentially debating about a social experiment. What can this company do to maintain its 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 user base? Parasito says 100 players going for an hour versus one player going hundreds of hours is the same, except the guys who play longer buy more skins. Sure, sure. But again, they're playing the odds. They're playing the odds that you'll get to those higher tier levels. Right? That's the idea, is that if we can keep you in the game, you'll get to the levels of hundreds of hours. You'll get to the levels, you know, where you you play a game for, for you know, hundreds of thousands of hours and then spend money in it. What about CSGO? I mean, I definitely think you're going to have games like CSGO that are that are almost too long standing to topple. You know, I don't know if there's any level of skill-based matchmaking in CSGO. That's not that's not a world that I I live in. I don't run in those circles. But I would I would hazard a guess that that game is just too entrenched in the gaming world. And somebody might say, well, isn't Call of Duty also? Well, Call of Duty's ecosystem for revenue is quite different than CSGO's. CSGO's revenue generation 
is very culturally driven. Like there's a culture there. And I think Call of Duty's revenue generation is culturally based upon what Fortnite's sort of done to the industry. There is skill-based matchmaking in CSGO. Do you think X Defiant will be a success then? The gen I think one of the most challenging things to X Defiant will be this. The people that it appeals to will will potentially be their own worst enemy, if that makes sense. So if X Defiant is, you know, gonna sit here and say, hey, we don't have any skill-based matchmaking. We have we have just the public playlist and then we have the other playlist, right? I think what you're going to end up with is people that'll sit there and say, well, that's great. You don't have skill-based matchmaking, but every match is sweaty. I think regardless of what playlist you go into, my prediction about X defiant is that it will always be sweaty. And so I think that's where the audience that it appeals to could be its own worst enemy. Those are the same type of people that will just get burned out and want to walk away. Do you see? If you could fill the X-Defiant funnel with a bunch of casuals, mid-lane players like me, and so the hardcore players that are going to flock to X-Defiant, well, they would have people to beat up on in the public no-skill-based matchmaking lobbies. But, more than likely... I don't see X Defiant appealing to casuals in mid lanes. Its target audience, I think, is a little bit more hardcore. Where'd you get that shirt from? The shirt command will take you to where this is from. It'll also give you 10% off into the AM. They're sending me a batch of new shirts. I'll be doing something with them again. We kind of ongoing cycle their shirts through, and then they're going to send me some more shirts. So we, uh, we have an ongoing relationship with them. Let's not judge X Defiant based on your experience. I'm not basing it off my experience. I'm basing it off of the streamers that praised it, the marketing, and the way it's built. I don't think casuals and mid lane players are going to flock to an arena shooter. I don't think they're going to. I don't. If there's one thing I've proven, I can predict what player bases will do. And I'm telling you right now, casuals and mid lane players will not flock to X Defiant. They won't. It's a more competitive lane of a game. And because of that, <laughs> because of that, you will see the narrative emerge. Man, I, we, we're not supposed to have skill based matchmaking, and, and uh, it's sweaty, man. It's a sweat fest. Because the meta will settle. It'll it'll settle. Trust me, it will. P- casuals and mid lanes will try it out, and then they'll drift. They'll go back to whatever they were playing before, and all that's left is your competitive guys. Casuals will flock back to Warzone and Fortnite, maybe even Apex. But casuals tend to the more casual players, the more mid lane players. I just don't think they're going to find X Defiant appealing. It's just it's an arena shooter. It's 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 a meat grinder. It's super intense. It, if you're not at your A game, you know, you're done. 
because again, the the funnel is going to be full of sweaty players. That's going to be, I think, the primary issue with X Defiant. It's it's built and appealing to competitive minded players, not like Johnny Casual that just wants to run around and get some shots in. That's why COD pros are hyping up X Defiant. You should have made that video for real. What? Predicting X Defiant, what's going to happen to it? How does an extraction shooter like Tarkov or Matter fit into all of this? I think there's a subset of the shooter audience that likes extraction shooters. I also think people that like extraction shooters are not particularly casual because it's intense. Um, Like, you can't really casually play Hades or Returnal. Right? It's, It's difficult to play casually in a rogue or a, or an extraction shooter where you can lose a lot. Like, there's a lot on the line, right? You as a casual had a terrible first impression. How many other people will get their the first same experience and still want to play? I don't even necessarily think they need to have a bad experience, Gilly. I just, I don't think arena shooters appeal to casuals because arena shooters, by their very nature are more intense. They're more of a meat grinder. I think it's why skill-based matchmaking was so extreme in Modern Warfare 2. You have to you you immediately have to get me out of that player funnel. This guy got a 1.0 KD. Get him the frick out of here. <clears throat> I'm a threat to the potato farm at a 1.0. Because in an arena shooter, a mediocre player can run a map of potatoes. You can just run the map. It's just a joke. Did you ever see the guys that have reverse boosted in skill-based matchmaking? You see the players they play against? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, I, I again, I think naturally that environment just doesn't lend itself to the more casual player. So, Marathon and Tarkov and Extraction Shooters... I think there's a subset of the shooter audience that loves extraction shooters, but I think you're going to face the same problem in those games. You're not going to have an enduring percentage of casuals in mid lanes because the gameplay doesn't appeal to casuals in mid lanes. It's too intense. It's too much of a meat grinder. You can't you can't casually hee hee ha ha your way through a small map where six people are just running and gunning the whole time. That's just the COD base. Four out of ten put most of their shots in the walls and the ground. If Unreal Tournament came out today, it would be popular. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. They they scrapped plans to bring back Unreal Tournament because all the market research points to that that genre not being popular. No way. High octane, fast, you know, condensed, tight arena combat. Nobody play. Nobody wants to play that anymore. The old heads love it. Funny enough, the old heads love it, and they're all too they're all too slow in their reflexes to really play anymore. You know, you go try and play Quake and Unreal Tournament now. I feel like a geriatric. Here's Splitgate, for example. Super hyped at launch, translated extremely poorly to audience numbers. They had their release spike, then instantly tapered off for people going back to COD and Apex. Granted, they are also not one of the heavy hitter studios. 
If you think something would be popular and it doesn't exist, it won't be popular, says Wheezy. I do it all the time. I'm very casual, but from time to time, I just pop off and go crazy if the lobby is weaker. Quake's coming back. Is it? Quake, Quake's been around and has tried to come back for years, homie. What are you talking about? What, what's, what's the viewership for the, for the Quake tournaments? What is it? I mean, what's, it, what's the engagement with Quake, bro? Listen, I'm not trying to poo-poo on the granddaddies. I played those games, homie. I cut my teeth on Wolfenstein 3D, and then I played Quake 2, Quake 3, Quake 3 Rocket Arena. I was in an Eastern Ladder ladder Clan. I played Unreal Tournament. I I played Call of Duty. I was there when the the fires of the forge that, that created shooters was stoked. I was there the day it was born, bro. I played them. Don't cite the old magic to me. I was there when it was written. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying, bro? I was there. I'm not trying to besmirch Quake or Unreal Tournament. They don't have a shot in today's market. They don't appeal to the consumer. They don't offer what the consumer's looking for. They don't. A handful of games have tried it. There was literally a game called Rocket Arena that came out, and it was essentially a Quake 3 Rocket Arena clone. Lono right now, don't cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. That's what I'm saying. You went full right there. That's what I'm saying, though. I was there when these games were made, dude. I was the player base. That was it. I mean, they're doing a remake. Even, yeah, Doom tried to do PvP. It went freaking nowhere. It went nowhere. I'm not bashing those games, my man. I'm saying, I'm saying there's no freaking way audiences get behind it. No way. The the hive mind of the player has has shifted so soundly away from all of that. You're talking about currently Quake games pulling, you know, 100, 100 players at most, according to Steam charts. I'm 41, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm 42 years old. Like, we were there when these games were created. It's why we're still gamers. But we're, a lot of us are honest enough to know that like, nah, man. Those type of games don't have a chance today. I can't stress this enough, says Wheezy. Just because you want something or miss something doesn't mean it is economically sound to make it. The research and market heads know what works. They have a closer pulse. Quake Champions all-time high was 17,000 players, now at 600 a day, and it's free to play. Right. There you go. There you go. A free to a free to play Quake, you know, didn't even didn't even crack, didn't even crack until the 100,000 concurrent player number. Not even 100, not even 20,000 concurrence. And that's Quake on PC where it was born. Quake 1, Quake 2, Quake 3. That's the birthplace of Quake 3 Arena. That's where it was born, and it and it didn't even crack 20,000 concurrence. Not slamming it, not knocking it. It's time has passed. All games and game types, not, not all, but 
some game types have just inevitably gone the way of the buffalo. There's no avoiding it. Your time's up, old man. The future is now. Now, I will say this. CSGO is is the mighty cockroach that it seems unkillable. You know? <laughs> CSGO is has never, ever, you know, from my cold, dead hands, man. That game is, you can't take it. You can't kill it. It's just, I don't know. I, but everything else has just fallen by the wayside as time has gone on. Guys, in four minutes, we are going to go to a premiere about a new Series X potentially coming. There's rumors that an Xbox Series X digital is coming. I engage with this as an idea, why it might make sense, why it also makes no sense, why consumers probably won't see this as a good thing or something to celebrate. We're going there in three minutes, okay? Currently, I owe you 20 members. I will gift those 20 members in the premiere. I give you all the way up until the final moment to hit the goal. The next goal is 20 away. We tempted the big boys with a 20 layup. It still might happen. We got three minutes to see if any of them decides to flex and slam it home. There was a lot of them here today. These dudes are real generous. We're pushing for 4,000 members this month. Every skill level can appreciate CSGO. Toxic nature makes them unkillable. <laughs> it feels that way. It feels that way, bro. It really does. Oh no, stop engaging with Xbox. We know it's just cover, you pony. <laughs> Shut up, Paris. First time jump from a plane, parachute on an island, jump in, keep one hunting noobs. I ain't never going back. Jesus Moses Lono Creature, the Beast Squad in FPS back in the day. I remember Oregon Trail and Wearing the World's Carmen San Diego. Yep, I remember Wearing the World's Carmen San Diego. I remember that game. I remember Oregon Trail. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, CSGO's player numbers over the years don't. It just, it just is bizarre. <laughs> There's a million people playing right now. It is bizarre. <laughs> I I don't get it, bro. I don't I don't get it. It is the undying game. It is the undying game. It seemingly cannot be toppled. You died of dysentery, that's right. That's right. Even dysentery couldn't kill CSGO. Good night. It won't stop. Alright, you guys got 60 seconds. I'm going to end the stream on Kick. If you guys are over on Kick, head over to YouTube for the premiere about the Xbox Series X digital rumors, and then we'll do members only after. Um, Thank you guys so much for a stellar, stellar day, stellar bounce back week. I'm going to put a link in chat. This video will redirect you. Guys, do me a favor. Try and get me to 500 likes before we before we leave today. We only need 50 more. YouTube really acted weird and hurt this video. We had a great turnout, and then people had to refresh. We were having freezes and lockups in the chat, and a lot of people left. 
YouTube's got to get their act together for live streams to go the distance. But you guys brought the heat. I owe you 20 members. Let's head over to this premiere. Smash like on the video that you're in right now. Take a second and do that. And then we're going to head over to this premiere. Do the same thing when you get over there. It helps it out. When the premiere is over, I'm going to hang out with members and debrief with them. All right, let's head over. Click that link in chat. It'll also be the featured video on the channel. I'll see you guys over there in the chat. Let's head over. Alex, you are insane. Thank you. Oh, my word.